This is the Rabbi Patrick Podcast, Episode 7, Circumcision, Bet Din and Mikvah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Rabbi Patrick Podcast. My name is Rabbi Patrick, and it's always Rabbi Patrick, because who else would do a podcast with a name as vain as the Rabbi Patrick Podcast? Actually, do you know why I call it the Rabbi Patrick Podcast? It's because when I went into Google, I was trying to come up with some kind of cool name, and um, God bless all of my friends on Facebook when I put out there that I wanted a cool name. It was always like things like, you know, too cool for shul, or like, you know, these kind of goofy Jewish pun names, because Jews love puns. Um, Love puns. Love, 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 love puns. And parody is another thing. Parody. I I have a theory about this. I have a theory that from Jewish history, we have we have uh, this thing about parody, and the Bible is often a parody of something else and, and all these other things. And some scholars back me up, though, if you met them at a conference and said, do you think Rabbi Patrick is right? They'd say, I disavow any knowledge of this man. Uh, anyway, uh, in the studio audience uh, is one person, uh, Ben. <laughs> Yep, so Ben is, is working. His internet wasn't working at home, so he's doing his job from the coffee table. And we just had uh, some coffee that is just uh, uh, absolutely making me feel twitchy and weird, and soon I'll be seeing, like, you know, all of the faces of Brahma or uh, one of those other other things that Ganesh. I don't believe in. Ganesh, thank you. Uh, and so anyway, so... Let's uh, let's get through uh, you know announcements. So, fundraiser is going fantastic, and I really appreciate all of your love and support. Um, as I mentioned before, I am doing this podcast on a laptop that is not mine. Um, so, you know, I, I kind I kind of need a laptop <laughs> to, to do this podcast. So someone someone said to me the other day, like, you're not updating every week. Your your iTunes says that every week there's a podcast. How come sometimes there, it doesn't happen every week? Well, it's because I literally have to use someone else's you know laptop. So you know can't have access to someone else's laptop every every week. So uh, if you could please be supportive. Um, if you go on GoFundMe, uh, you'll see the um, fundraiser that I'm doing. The easiest way to do it, go to RabbiPatrick.com. Uh, you'll see the little fundraiser thing there and all that jazz. Uh, you don't have to give like a huge amount of money. I, I would appreciate a huge amount of money. Um, that, way, that way, the fundraiser will be over and we can just have a podcast. Um, I'm not trying to make money off of this. I just need a new laptop. So uh, anyway... Maybe that's how I should be promoting this. As soon as you give, this fundraiser will be over, and I can talk about stuff other than going to GoFundMe. So think of this as being like an annoying paywall. Anyway, if you can help me, I'd really appreciate it. Cooler news. So I am helping promote these events in Atlanta that I'm really proud of. Uh, Interfaith Family Atlanta, uh, the uh, JCC, um, the Weber School, um, all kinds of organizations have gotten together. Hamza, which is uh, a group that is uh, helping with um, Jews who are in recovery. All of these other, um, all of these groups have gotten together and they're doing these acoustic Shabbat uh, events. So the idea is that Friday night 
you go to a coffee shop. Uh, rabbi Brian Glussman, who's a, a terrific rabbi, uh, a really nice guy, uh, plays guitar. He does little drashes in between songs. Uh, my wife and I went to their event at San Francisco Coffee last week. It was beautiful. Absolutely loved it. So uh, highly recommend it. So they bounce back and forth between Crema, which is a coffee shop in Dunwoody, and as I mentioned, San Francisco Coffee, which is in Atlanta in spite of the fact that its name is San Francisco Coffee. But I would recommend uh, you go into either of those. So if you live in the Burbs, go to Crema. If you live in town, go to San Francisco Coffee. Unless I'm out of town, you will definitely see me there. If you want more info, send an email to podcast at rabbipatrick.com and I will uh, send you in the right direction. So let's talk about circumcision, Beit Dean, and mikvah. These are the three things that you have at what you might call your ritual conversion. So you've done all this learning, right? You've been working with a rabbi, and now it comes time for the big day. Or, if you're starting with circumcision, the big days, plural. Let's start with circumcision. So I meet my conversion students, and I sit down with them for the first time, and we talk about, you know, all of these things. And if I'm, I'm sitting with a guy you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, your spiritual journey and we'll talk about, you know, where you are in life and, and what do you value and what is it about Judaism that connects you to the source of energy in your life and all of these other things. And, uh, and you know, we'll have very deep conversations about family and friendship and spirituality and mindfulness and source and all of these great things. And then it comes time to talk about your penis. And uh, then everyone just becomes silent. It's like deer in headlights meets staring contest meets first day of junior high uh, PE where you have to change out for the first time. And Ben, Ben is laughing because it's true. <laughs> like, I don't remember my circumcision. Though. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad for you. Um, there's a certain group uh, who will go unnamed who believe that uh, uh, the circumcision is the first time that you, that a, a, a baby boy would feel pain and that that creases, creates irreparable uh, harm, psychological harm, uh, forever. So anyway, Ben does not seem amused. So... <laughs> So in any case, um, but yeah, so it's funny how we'll have these like really deep conversations and then it comes time to talk about circumcision and then it just flatlines, which I love the Bill Maher, Bill Maher years ago, years and years and years ago, used to do a bit about circumcision, about like, you know, wouldn't you have liked to have been there the, the, the day that someone made that suggestion? Like, you know, like that, that maybe was a thing that we should start doing. Circumcision, from a secular perspective, what's it about? Probably it comes from two cultures. One is desert cultures. The other is uh, tropical cultures, jungle cultures. Uh, where does it originate from that it's cross-cultural? No idea. Um, in terms of Judaism, lots of different theories about why it exists. Uh, the, the prevailing one beyond simply that it's a mitzvah. So you can just take it at face value and say it's a mitzvah. From a, like I said, a secular historical perspective, probably had something to do with tribal identification, perhaps identification with the temple. Um, so showing a sense of allegiance to a temple in the same way that uh, other cultures, a brave, quote-unquote, a, a warrior would get a tattoo to symbolize <coughs> fidelity with a culture. 
so or a tribe, I should say. So perhaps maybe comes from that. Um, you know, however, it's a mitzvah, and so we do it, and that's kind of how uh, we roll. So some things to talk about. Number one, it's not a big deal. It's actually not a big deal, particularly if you're an American male, because most American males now uh, are already circumcised uh, at birth. Uh, I'm, it's weird. So I, I'm a rabbi, so you think I should be like in the pro-circumcision camp and like, circumcision's for all. Um, I'm actually not in favor of circumcision unless you're doing it for uh, health reasons or for religious reasons. Um, my own personal opinion is that you should wait to do a circumcision when you know that the baby is healthy, which is what uh, we do in Judaism. Um, uh, I also think that just unnecessary medical procedures are unnecessary medical procedures. So there you go. Um, you know, there are some health benefits, supposedly. Some people say, well, that's uh, correlation, not causation. We don't really know, you know, what uh, what the deal is there. Uh, but in any case, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, but it's really not a big deal. So if you're, I'm going to go under the assumption that uh, since uh, analytics are telling me that most people who listen to this podcast are Americans, I'm going to assume, rightly or not, that a lot of uh, the men who listen to this podcast who are interested in conversion um, are already circumcised. Um, that part is not a big deal. Actual circumcision is a medical procedure, but it doesn't take that long, and you just need time to recover. Now, there's a lot worse things that you could do in your life uh, as regards to your uh, below-the-belt, uh, below and, uh, you know, this is a uh, family-friendly podcast, so I'm not going to make jokes, uh, even though I desperately, desperately, desperately want to make circumcision jokes. <laughs> desperately. My, my heart is aching. Ben, what do you think? I have a joke. Okay. My wife told me yesterday. Is it a clean joke? I'm going to assume no if you have to think about it. It's not dirty. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe make that a special bonus feature. Okay. Yeah, we'll make that a special bonus feature. So, okay, so now you have to email podcast at rabbipatrick.com to hear Ben's joke that his wife told him about circumcision. <laughs> In any case, medical procedure... You, you do it. it, is what it is, it takes a few days to recover, boom, you're done. Um, I don't believe that insurance will cover it. Actually, I know for a fact insurance won't cover it if it's non-medical. Um, you know, that's the way, that them's the breaks. If you are already circumcised, there is something called Hatzafat Dambrit. It's basically the Diet Coke of circumcision. Like, it's not the real thing, but it's close enough. Um, so, what is that? They take a syringe, and they basically uh, draw a little bit of blood out of where the foreskin would have been, and uh, put it on a cotton swab, and that's it. It takes two seconds. Uh, it doesn't hurt that much. It's not a big deal. It happened to me. Uh, not a big deal. Again, not a big deal. The coffee has short-wired my brain, so now I can only use, like, five phrases, like, not a big deal. It's a medical procedure. People will think that, like, this was just cut and paste. Like, I only talked for 10 minutes, and then everything was just cut and paste uh, in uh, uh, GarageBand on this borrowed Mac. So, um, yeah, you do it with the rabbi, either in the room or out of the room. Uh, in some cases, you just use the um, uh, cotton swab. You just show it. I mean, this is gross, weird stuff, but that's the way, the way it works. Um, you don't have to have a rabbi in the room. 
Uh, some rabbis do re require it, some don't. Um, the, in the case of my rabbi, he, he he basically stood in the corner and kind of like covered his eyes slightly. Um, and then and then when the urologist who, who did this showed the cotton swab, he was like, yep, yep, that's good. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, yeah, fine, 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 fine. Um, you could tell it was a d d difficult moment for both of us. Yeah, so uh, not all rabbis require any of this, by the way, the circumcision or um, hatafat uh, dambri. So in the, in the instance of uh, not requiring circumcision, uh, some classical reform rabbis uh, and then uh, secular humanistic rabbis don't require this. Um, in terms of Hatifat Dambrit, it's interesting because the warring schools of Judaism, uh, Shammai versus Hillel, we mostly side with Hillel on things. This is a case where we actually side with Shammai, and it's part of being machmir. It's the idea that you go with the more stringent or the more um, conservative opinion on things. So, yeah, that's circumcision. Let's talk about Bet Den. So you've been uh, circumcised, or you've done hatafat, you wait a few days, or in the case of hatafat, you can wait like an hour and a half, and you do this bet din. So bet din literally means house of judgment, but it's really not a house of judgment at all. A bet din can be comprised of three rabbis, three quote-unquote scholars, uh, three Jews, or yeah, no one for that matter, because there are some rabbis that don't require bet din. Um, what does that mean? So usually, in, in most cases, if you're like a conservative rabbi, you kind of have your other conservative rabbi ladies and bros that uh, serve as your little bet din posse, and your little bet din posse will do uh, 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 bate din uh, all the time. Uh, most rabbis kind of have their little group of people. Um, that they do stuff with, and it's kind of like, you know, you help me, I help you, that kind of thing. In the case of three scholars, you may have one rabbi who is your sponsoring rabbi, and you'll have two other sort of educated Jews. So not necessarily rabbis, but maybe one is a person who is like a, a cantor, or maybe not even that. You, you don't even have someone who's ordained. You may have someone who's just a, a great teacher, whatever the case may be. Um, you may have, you know, a synagogue president, uh, well, whatever. Uh, in some cases, in the more sort of liberal you go, you may have a mix of people. So you might have, um, you know, the sponsoring rabbi, uh, a member of a congregation, and you'll also have, uh, let's say, a friend of yours or a, a mentor that's been helping you in your conversion process. Um, and now Ben is sending me something. Nice. Okay, that's the joke that, uh, uh, the circumcision joke that you'll get to hear in, I guess, maybe the premium version, or maybe I'll just email it to you. <laughs> if you just, if you just, uh, if you just email me podcast at rabbipatrick.com, I'll, I'll just forward you. It needed to be vetted. Yeah. Yeah. For... Yeah, that's true. You need to be vetted. <laughs> In any case, um, so so you can have a lot of diversity in this bet den situation. Um, it's not a house of judgment. It's more like an awkward first date, but you're having it with three people and not anywhere that you would want to have a date at. You usually have a conversion essay of some kind, so maybe they read the conversion essay, um, and then you talk about it, maybe people ask questions. It's just kind of a conversation. It just sort of 
casual, you know, people just kind of talking. Um, and that's it. I mean, that literally, that's all it is. No one's going to quiz you. I remember one time I was part of a, a Beit Dean, and the student said to me, oh, I spent all night last night reviewing, like, you know, Jewish holidays and, and, and text and making sure I knew who begat who and practicing my Hebrew. And I'm like, well, that must be very anticlimactic then when it's like, tell us about your feelings, you know, <laughs> must have just totally not uh, worked. By the way, I apologize. There's probably the sound of an air conditioner going off, um, you know, whatever. So uh, it takes an hour, seriously. Again, as I said it before, not a big deal. Mikvah. So here's what you need to know about the mikvah. Uh, you're not going to spend a lot of time there. Uh, this is a five-minute thing. You go in and you shower. And then once you're done showering, you uh, will get in the mikvah. Now, you may or may not have a mikvah person. So uh, you may have a person who's like standing there at the mikvah with you. In some cases, there's some kind of privacy wall or like a vestibule that prevents people from seeing you. So the rabbis can maybe hear you but not see you. Uh, it just kind of depends on how the uh, mikvah is laid out. Um, so you'll shower, you'll take off if uh, you've got nail polish, conditioner, soaps, soaps clean, cleanser, whatever, take all off. You just want to be soaking wet and you don't want anything basically blocking water from touching you, so lotions and, and stuff like that. You go in and you will usually have the uh, blessings on the wall. Uh, so you don't have to worry about memorizing them. They usually have them transliterated, so that means putting it into phonetic spelling. So you'll have that. Uh, you'll go in and you'll just do it, and it takes less than five minutes. You'll probably swallow some water. Uh, you'll probably panic the whole time. You'll probably screw up. I would say 75% of the time people screw up the Hebrew uh, or screw up the steps, um, and that's okay. No big deal. I was uh, at a uh, conversion actually out of town, which was fantastic. Um, and I'm, I'm standing with the rabbi, and uh, there was some kind of confusion in the bracha uh, that was said, and it was because, it was actually my fault, so I had written sort of a version of uh, the bracha, which is al Tefillah, but uh, uh, I had kind of written my own version, and I hadn't prepared the other rabbi to know that I had written that. So the person said it. He looked confused. He thought it was a mistake. It wasn't. The rabbi turned to me and said, you can't really mess it up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, that's that, right? So here's what you need to know about the mikvah. You're going to want to do it quickly, and you're going to want to, like, blast through the Hebrew as fast as possible because you want to show that like you know what you're doing. It is okay to go very, very, very slow. I highly recommend going incredibly, painfully slow. So like going down in the water, holding your breath, very, very slowly coming up. You don't have to immediately go, you don't have to do all that. Just come up, Take a second, relax, catch your breath, lower your heartbeat, because your heartbeat, by the way, is just blasting. And then, literally at this pace, Baruch, Atah, Adonai, etc., etc., etc. 
right? Slowly. Do it for a few reasons. Number one, you're going to goof up the Hebrew. So it's going to be a lot better if you do it slowly. It'll make it less likely that you'll goof it up. Number two, it's a very spiritual moment. Don't, don't blast through so that you can get your certificate of authenticity faster. Like, just, just take a moment. It's the only time in your life where you're going to have this moment. Now, you may go to the mikvah for other reasons at other times, but this, you, you don't convert twice. I mean, there are some people who convert twice, but that's a whole other story. And I talked about it in a previous episode, too. But just chill out. Relax. Don't try to get through it quickly. Don't try to act like you are a Satmar rabbi who can blast through Hebrew and that that makes you more official. You're already in the mikvah. Truth of the matter is, if you get to the bet den, you're already there. Everything else is a formality. It's just getting your paperwork together. It's not a big deal. Like I said before. So you do the brachot, you do your Duncan, you come out, that's it. That's all there is to it. You are handed your key to the gold vault that's in the center of the <laughs> center of the earth. You are given your secret decoder ring. Um, you're given your um, membership membership card to the El protocols of the elders of Zion, uh, whatever else people think. Um, your uh, you know the telephone number of the Jewish media conspiracy because let me tell you something the Jewish media conspiracy is real that's why I'm big balling living in a mansion you know which is of course not true I am living proof that there is no Jewish media conspiracy if there is at least they have never called me so you didn't get the, the proper account yet oh okay right yeah. well, it's like when I log in for my bank account. You know, and I, I always get the password wrong, stuff like that. Maybe maybe that's it. It's just 18, 18, 18. It's just 18, 18, 18. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Been messing up this whole time. And then and then they lock your account, and then you have to get the email. E you have to get the password emailed to you. That never works. Nah, we're kidding, of course. So, yeah, you're a Jew. That's it. That's the way that works. Sometimes the rabbis will do something like, They'll have you hold a safer Torah. They'll say some other blessings on you, things like that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, at that point, you are you are done and done. So that's it. You're a Jew now. Circumcision, bedden, mikvah, you got through it. Fairly anticlimactic, I must say. You'll come out of it relieved. That's the thing that I wish rabbis would understand. When people are going to their Beit Din and their mikvah, the feeling of spirituality is sometimes a feeling of transformation, but usually it's more of a feeling of validation, a feeling of completion, a feeling of, oh, well, that's over. I wish people understood that. The feeling that it's over, because you've always been a Jew this whole time, and you've been waiting forever to accomplish something. You've been waiting forever for a rabbi to say yes, or as I talked about in an earlier episode, just to <laughs> answer the phone. You're done now. The spirituality isn't a spirituality of, finally I'm a Jew. It's a spirituality of, well, that's over with. 
And then they leave you in the parking lot. And it's up to you to figure out the rest. And it can feel um, like a sense of abandonment, in a way. Like, now what? So I recommend you have a party afterwards. At the minimum, go out to lunch. Ideally with the people who are on your bait dip. Have some kind of celebration within your community. Now I know there's people who are going to say things like, oh, but you're not supposed to point out that someone converted, blah, 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 blah. Just, you converted. Come on. Listen, my name is Patrick, for goodness sakes. Like, I am Rabbi Patrick. <laughs> this thing isn't like, it's not like I have a ghost following me everywhere. It's like I have a horde of monkeys on my back at all times. Like, there, there is no way that I will ever be able to live that one down. I will always be someone who converted to Judaism. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people knowing that. I still love you. Ben still loves me. That's good. He loves me enough to, to show me dirty jokes in the middle of my family-friendly podcast. <laughs> at the very least. And to come over at my house at 5.45 a.m. <laughs> yep. That's what's up. So, um, in any case, yeah, I think people should point out the fact that they're converts and not be bothered by it, and it's not a big deal. Like I said earlier, it's not a big deal. But that's just me. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. So, the original idea with the Rabbi Patrick podcast was that I was going to do 18 episodes dedicated entirely to conversion, and they were going to be very short podcasts. I decided to make that a lot longer, make each episode a lot longer to cover more content in a faster amount of time in each episode. And so I end my conversion series, beautifully enough, at episode 7. 7 is the number in Jewish numerology of completion. On the seventh day, we are told God rested. So now I'm going to take a break from talking about conversion. I'm going to talk about other stuff. I'm going to do some cool interviews, stuff like that. And I'm going to end it here by saying that wherever you are, in your Jewish journey, which I hate that term, but I use it anyway. Wherever you are in your Jewish journey, know that as far as I'm concerned, you're Jewish. Always have been, always will be. And know that uh, I am here to help you. I'm not always available. I'm not always going to be able to have, you know, years-long conversations on Facebook with you. I'm not always going to be able to reply to your emails. I want to. I desperately want to. It would require me hiring someone to pretend to be me to answer my emails, and I'm not going to disrespect you that way. But please know that I'm available in some way or another. Please know that my um, colleagues at Darshan Yeshiva are here to help you with your conversion. I'm very excited, by the way, that we just brought on three new rabbis, which is great. Please know that no matter what anybody says or does, that your spirituality is an authentic one. And so I leave you at episode 7, ending my series on conversions. What's the next episode going to be? I don't know. But I appreciate your time. I wish you shalom v'simcha, peace, and joy. <laughs>